Good morning. <clears throat> Hopefully I won't knock that over. So it's great to be here, isn't it, on this lovely June day. Finally the sun is shining. I think it makes everything feel better, doesn't it? Um, I'm just going to pray. I really am grateful for, to God for um, that worship time, our band that plough um, their time and blood, sweat and tears into each week to bring us into that place of worship. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're here today. We know that your presence is here and you go before us. I pray that the words I speak won't be my words, but they'll be yours. And you'll be able to speak through me to people's hearts, that if any of it's muddly, that you'll take that away and people will hear the message that I feel you've put on my heart. Amen. So this morning I want to share with you, like I said, something that's on my heart. That's what I always do, God's been speaking to me about it, and I'm definitely learning this. And I don't want you to think that just because I'm stood here preaching about it means that I've done it all right and I've got it right, because that is definitely not true. I've had this phrase in my head recently. God just drops in phrases into your head, I think, sometimes, doesn't he? And it is, bloom where you are planted. And it sounds a little bit cliche, a bit cheesy, doesn't it? But it just stirred something up inside me. I felt God say to me, Bloom where you are planted, Rosie. So that's what I'm going to look at this morning. First of all, what does bloom mean? The more I wrote that word, the more I thought, what a weird word. The more you say it, it's so weird. But to bloom means to flourish and thrive. And I want you to picture a beautiful flower that's in full bloom, that's fragrant, that's colourful, and it's full of life. Even if you're not into gardening, or the pollen is killing you at the moment and you're really suffering with hay fever. There is something beautiful in a fully bloomed flower, I think. And to me, it brings joy. It shows God's creation. Blooming where you are planted means, to me, means do a good job where you're at. Do Do something well and do it with a smile, even when you aren't comfortable with where you've been planted pushing through to bring joy to those around you. My first scripture is from Colossians 3, verse 23 in the Amplified, and it says, Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul, that is, put in your very best effort, as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from God, not from men, that you will receive the inheritance, which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. I always remember that scripture from being in junior church. I remember being told, even if you're cleaning the toilet, you're doing it for God. We do everything for him in this life. In Ephesians 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart and work with enthusiasm, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do. So let us live with purpose. We're not doing all of this for nothing, thankfully. And God has blessed each one of you and each each one of us with different gifts. And I'm really grateful for that because you definitely wouldn't want me to be singing up here or playing the drums. And maybe the band wouldn't want to be speaking or maybe they wouldn't want to be in kids' work with the toys each week. Thankfully that we're all different. And when we use these God-given gifts, we grow. You might be thinking, sometimes like me, I don't have any gifts. 
I don't have any sparkly, fancy, God-given gifts. All I do is clean the toilet. All I do is serve tea and coffee each week. All I do is help in social club. All I do is go to work each day and come home again. All I did was smile at somebody in the street. But all of that is for his glory. And everything we do is for him. I want... I encourage you to use the gifts that you've been given to bless those around you because it will bring blessing. That song said, even when I don't feel it, you're working. And I'm grateful for that because sometimes you don't feel like you're doing anything. But we are. In Romans it says, when God chooses someone and graciously imparts his gifts to him, they're never, ever revoked, which means they're never taken back again. And that that is amazing that God gives you them to keep. He's not going to take it away. But he wants us to use that for his glory. Our lives will all look different, but our purpose is the same. Make the most of every opportunity that God's given you. Don't waste any opportunity. It says work with enthusiasm. Put in your best effort. Obviously, we'll all get different opportunities in this life. But I do believe that God has planted you where you're at for a purpose. And he's put us in a place of influence in our lives, even though, like I said, you might not feel you're doing anything or making any difference at all, whether that's at work, whether it's at church, at college, school, wherever. God's planted you there so you might be a blessing, and he wants you to bear rich fruit for his glory and then for the enrichment of those around you. Let's be fruitful. And when I looked up the word fruitful, one of the other words for fruitful is blooming or blossoming, which I thought was funny. It says in the Gospels that God is the gardener and he desires us to be fruitful. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, then you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We'll be recognized by our fruit. We know an apple tree is an apple tree because it has apples on it, and we want people to see Jesus in us, to know that we're Christ followers by the way we live our lives and the fruit that is visible for people to see. People will see Jesus in you when you work for him rather than for man. They will. They'll notice that you're different. Thankfully, our walk isn't about pleasing man. It's about honouring God. That all sounds lovely, doesn't it? But you might be saying, thinking in your head, I've been planted in the desert. I can't. You're thinking, there's no way that I can bloom where I'm at. And you might not be comfortable with where you're at. I'm, I'm certainly not comfortable preaching. Definitely not. And you might wish God had planted you somewhere else. You might think, oh, I wish I could do what they're doing. That, might, that looks much easier. I could definitely bloom if I was there. But blooming isn't dependent on our circumstance, thankfully. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 17 says, And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. I love that that says, Live, obey, love and believe right there. Don't wish you were somewhere else. Thankfully, we don't just get flowers that bloom in the summer when the sun's shining, like today. There are, there are flowers that grow in the winter. 
when there's hardly any sunshine that we see, or the wet springs where it just rains all the time. Paul, in his letters, recognized the need for us to burrow ourselves into our God-given calling and seek contentment and productivity there, rather than constantly pining for somewhere else. Paul's life is a great example to us. He embraced God's calling on his life, and he lived to please Christ, not man. He was a true servant of God, having turned his whole life around to serve God. I think it's easy to compare uh, where you're at with someone else, isn't it? But it's really important to be present in your now and don't wish that you were there because God's put you here. God has a call and a purpose for your life and you're there for a reason. You might not think it. Nobody else is you and nobody else will have the opportunities that you have in this life or meet the people that you'll meet. You're individual, you're unique and you're precious to God. And he wants the best for us. One of the lyrics in that, those songs said, his way is better. I thought, isn't it so much better with God than without? You might still be thinking, there is, you, know, you don't know me, Rosie. You don't know my circumstance. I'm surrounded by difficult situations. I'm in the desert. My life's a mess. I can't do it. But like I say, it isn't dependent on what's around us. It's dependent on what's in us. And it's dependent on our roots in our faithful, merciful, gracious God. Thankfully, he sustains and strengthens us when we feel like we might have been planted in the desert where we could do no good work. But thankfully, we can. And as Janet preached last week, that battle is God's. And I want to encourage us to, if you're in that place, then you, we need to stand firm and remain in him. And it says God will fight for you. You need only be still. Even when we're in that difficult season, God will help us. God can help us to bloom and to thrive and to flourish, even when you don't think that's possible. Paul was in prison when he wrote some of those letters. Yet God used him still to bless those around him. And when he wrote um, in Colossians how we should work for God and not for man, when he wrote, don't wish you were someplace else, he was in prison. I'm sure he did wish he was not there, but he, he couldn't do anything about it. And so he used that opportunity to bless others. You, you don't know the seeds you may be planting in other people's lives when you bloom where you're planted. Think about how the flower produces pollen to allow other flowers, to allow there to be other flowers. I know I've personally been blessed time and time again by people who have given above and beyond how they feel they can, that have served me, whether that's in church or out of church, and even when it may have been the last thing they wanted to do, they showed up. I think like specifically about like our youth group leaders um, plowing into our lives as young teenagers and then adults. I'm sure not every week they wanted 30 kids in the house, but we, we went and they, they gave. I want to give you three little pointers about ways um, that you can bloom where you're planted. 
And if you just keep picturing that flower, that fully bloomed flower, this morning I went for a walk early and I saw so many big roses. That's what I mean, you know, those big, full roses that are so fragrant and lovely. That's what I want you to picture. Number one is shift your focus to him rather than on ourselves. Focus on being deeply rooted in God. And when we do this, we'll continually learn to understand how our circumstances will help us to flourish and not hold us back. God's our hope, and when it seems hard and muddly, and we feel like we don't have the strength to get through another day or serve another week in church or get up and go to work each day, when we feel like we're not doing anything, we're not doing a good job, ask God to sustain you. It's going to be a constant thing, shifting your focus off yourself. We're human, we're selfish, we're going to think about us. But I want to encourage you to keep putting it at God's feet. Keep looking to him. And when you feel like that strength's gone, ask him for more. Because he promises to give that to us, and he promises to go before us. And he hems us in. Draw close to him and seek him first in all that you do. How do we do that? How do we seek God first? We pray, we worship, we read his word, we fellowship with other Christian people, we build our faith. Number two is a tricky one to hear, but it's stop complaining. I'm definitely guilty of this. And we all know those kind of people that are so positive, aren't they? They just get on with it, they don't moan. And I'm, I'm not one of those people, but I'd love to be like that, to be known for how positive you are, even in the face of diversity. Let's bloom with joy. Let's give and serve joyfully. And when we do this, it helps us to focus on God, not on ourselves. When I ask my kids to do something, and they do it without complaining, it's a miracle sometimes. But when they just get on and do it, they, it brings such joy, rather than me keep having to say, come on, Please clear up your toys. Please unload the dishwasher. Uh, Do you think God's like that with us when he asks us to do something or puts us somewhere for a purpose and all we do is moan about it and drag our feet and get fed up? Even if you can only find one very, very small positive in where you're at right now, I encourage you to thank God for that. Some people I know, and I've done it myself in the past, is to have a blessings jar, which is just a a pot or a jar, and each day they write something on it that they're thankful to God for. And it could just be that they woke up that day. But they put it in that jar, and then every so often you empty the jar and read it all, of all the blessings in your life. And you might might look back and think, wow, I didn't even realize that that was a blessing at the time. Maybe you should do that. Try and do that. I encourage you to. I think doing, looking at our blessings and finding the positives teaches us gratitude. And gratitude is so important in this life. It says in the Bible, let us not become weary doing good. And that is my prayer today for us. It's, it's easy to become weary doing good. But I pray that you won't get weary, that you'll... Um, Get your strength from God, like he promises to give us. In all circumstances that we will learn to be content, 
and to use where we are at, like God says, to work for him and not for man. In Colossians 1, verse 9 to 12, it says, Be assured that from the first day we heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you. This is Paul writing this. Asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. I think that's a really powerful piece of scripture. Not that grin and bear it kind of thing. Oh man, I've got to go be in kids' work again. This is me. Uh, God, that's how God spoke to me about it. He said, Rosie, you need to bloom there because that's where I've put you. So do a good job. Focus on him and stop complaining. Number three is embrace the challenge. To embrace means to be enthusiastic, like it says in that scripture. Work with enthusiasm. I'm sure we don't always feel enthusiastic in our jobs, in church. But take it as a compliment that God put you where you're at for his purpose. The challenges that we go through in our lives develop our character and they help us to develop, um, to persevere. People don't often learn lessons, sorry, people don't often learn their deepest lessons during the easy bit in life. Embrace that challenge with humility, be strong and courageous, and pray for that strength. Draw from God's spiritual resource. What an amazing thing to have available to us that he gives us freely. It says, do the will of God with all your heart, and, that, and there will be a great reward. Rewards from heaven, not earthly rewards. Better than we could ever imagine. I encourage you to maybe, and challenge you to set yourself up a little challenge. Maybe you can think of an area where you could serve in church. Or something that you could do extra at work. Um, maybe you're thinking, I definitely couldn't work with the kids. Or... But maybe I could serve tea and coffee. Or maybe I could help clear the chairs away at the end. Maybe you want to help with youth, but you, you've got that self-doubt. But I, I encourage you to embrace the challenge that God's got for you. Because he will use you. I want to encourage us to have that servant heart. Because it will help us bloom all the more. And Jesus is our finest example with everything, isn't he? But especially as a servant, because he gave so much for us and then, and when he was on earth, even giving his life in the end so that we may be free. It's important for us to give and serve with the right motivation because earthly reward cannot be our motivation because we will be disappointed. The heavenly reward needs to be your motivation. You might feel like you're a bit unseen or that you do so much and you don't get any thanks or no recognition. But God sees and God hears and God knows and he sees your heart. A friend sent me a little plaque in lockdown, one of the many, 
that says on it, never forget the difference he made. And that was a hard time because um, my job was really hard. I didn't really want to be a nurse at that point. I'd rather have just worked from home. But I, that really stuck with me, that you should never forget that difference you make. You don't know who you're impacting in your life just by being servant-hearted, just by blooming where you're planted. We had the Jubilee weekend, didn't we, last weekend for our queen and for her 70 years. And she's, she's such a great example of a servant. She openly committed to serve her country when she was 21, which must have been really scary. She didn't know she'd be queen, I don't think, then. But I read this book once about her, and it was called, uh, oh, I can't remember now, The Queen and the King She Serves, or something like that. It was a book written about her, but it was about her faith in God. And in it, there's a quote, and she's talking about Jesus. And she says that Jesus makes it clear that genuine human happiness and satisfaction lie more in giving than receiving, more in serving than being served. What a privilege it is to serve the King of Kings and have heavenly rewards. God's on our side, thankfully. He doesn't just put us somewhere and then leave us to it. He's there with us all the time, in the desert, in the rich soil. Whatever you feel you might be, I'm sure you're thinking where you're at right now. How can I use this for God's glory? And I pray that you'll um, be able to be content there and know that you're doing the will of God for those heavenly rewards. Do the band want to come up? Nearly, I'm done, nearly. If you just take one thing away from this morning, just one little nugget, I want you to know that God's with you. We're not going to get it right all the time because we're human. And we won't always be grateful for where we're at. And we won't always be full of joy and be able to bloom and look like a lovely flower. But with God's help, everything is possible. He promises that. And I don't want you to get disheartened doing good because the world needs good Christian people to serve him and serve him faithfully and serve when you don't feel like it. Bloom when you think you can't possibly find anything good in where you're at right now. But there is good where you're at because God's with you. I pray that God will help you to flourish and thrive like that word means. And I know people will be blessed by those who are around you. They'll see Jesus in you and they'll ask you why you're different or why maybe you don't moan about it if you stop complaining. I'm just going to pray and then I'll be done. Lord, I thank you that you are the giver of good gifts and you give to us until it overflows and I pray you'll help us to use where you've put us for your glory, that we will work for you and not for man that we will fix our eyes on those heavenly rewards that you promise us and not the rewards on earth. Lord, I pray for people here if they're feeling disheartened, if they feel they've been planted in the desert, if their life around them seems really difficult. But Lord, you promise to be with them. 
You promise to be with them in that desert. And I pray you'll bless them. I pray they'll know your presence and your blessing there. They'll be able to look back at that time and know you brought them through it. And there were blessings. They, they were able to bloom. They look back and that's the hardest part of their life is where they bloomed for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for blessing each one of us and giving us that strength when we feel like we don't have it. I pray people will go away encouraged and remembering the promises from you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.